Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. Welcome again to another episode of Let Go Lean In Podcast. I am thrilled to get to introduce you to my in real life friend, Jamie Chapin. And Jamie and I um, actually met one another because of her business three, four years ago. I can't even remember now. I think it's about four now. Yeah. 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 And we've actually had coffee in real life and I've met her sons and her husband and you know, haven't met her puppy yet, but that'll be a fun part of the story. But anyway, Jamie, welcome. I'm so glad to get to introduce you to the folks that listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh, Lisa, I couldn't be happier to be here. I was thrilled when you asked me to come and have this conversation and to talk to your listeners. So this is fun. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you and I both being more extroverted, something like this has to take the substitute of being in person as much as we can. So it's, you know, it's like, oh boy, I get to do something today. Right. It's great. I got out of my sweats. I actually put makeup. I have lipstick, you know, the the year of the mask. I put actual lipstick on today. So this is good. (laughs) I know it's so funny how makeup has changed because, you know, we'll emphasize our eyes and think, well, it's all going to rub off in the mask anyway. So when we have a chance to actually do the whole thing, it is different, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me share with you listeners Jamie's bio because you're going to have fun listening to who Jamie is currently and how she got where she is today, which is so fun. Some of these things I didn't even know about you. So I'm really excited. So here we go. Jamie Chapin is a fashion consultant and creative entrepreneur who brings passion to everything she does. She's a Bay Area native who believes in the power of community and connection. For the past five years, she's helped thousands of women gain confidence by providing styling expertise in her LuLaRoe clothing boutique. Jamie is not shy when it comes to leading a crowd. At the age of 19, she became the first female professional mascot in Major League Baseball history. Major League Baseball history as Stomper the Elephant for the Oakland A's. That was a fun fact I did not know. After receiving her BA in public relations at San Jose State University, she continued in sports entertainment for the San Jose Sharks, Earthquakes, SAP Open, and more. In addition to running her boutique full-time, she juggles the everyday chaos of married life, two active sons, and her new rescue puppy. She's currently obsessed with her Peloton, coffee, and anything with the color rose gold. (laughs) I love it. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to have folks get to know you a little bit better and your journey of of leading yourself well and leadership of, of a team and all those good things. So 
Right. Yeah. It was actually fun to sit down and write out, you know, who, who am I, you know, Jamie is dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Let's sit down and think about it. And I, I think that's actually something that might actually be helpful, helpful for your listeners, because do you really sit down and think about who you are and what you stand for? And I think that's a really good practice. Like after I wrote it, I felt good. Like I was having a good day. So Nice. I'm glad to hear you say that. And, and it actually doesn't surprise me knowing you as I do that you would be able to feel good about that because you are that person. You bring that joy and enthusiasm in your relationships and the, in the work that you do. But there are so many people I know that have had the opposite experience of writing their bio. Like it's hard to put it down and then how weird it feels to hear somebody talk about yourself like that. So I'm glad you see it as a positive thing. And, and I do think, you know, kind of consolidating who you are and, you know, the, the ups and the downs and all of life, and then being able to articulate it, that's a challenge. And I'm, I'm glad, like I said, that it feels like a good practice. So that's cool. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So just this is not part of our formal conversation, you know, as far as my questions, but how did you get to be <laughs> the mascot for the Oakland A's? I mean, that is just like, I had no idea. How fun. Okay. So this is one of those great life lessons that actually I'm really glad that you asked the story behind it. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I wanted to be a cheerleader. Okay. And it came time for tryouts and everybody paired up into these little pairs because you had to have a partner and I didn't have a partner and I was, I've always like fit in, but I've never had like that bestie. Like I've never like always have that one person who's like, you know, Jamie's my number one. I have lots and lots of friends, but like, I've just never felt that like one person. And so I, my, my really good friends, they were partnered up with other people. So Um, so the director at the time, she said, well, there's a, there's a mascot over here. You could try out for a mascot. This girl doesn't have a partner. And so I asked what the mascot entailed and, you know, you dress up in a fun little suit and you entertain the crowd. And I thought, well, gosh, I could do that. Um, so I tried out my freshman year and I didn't make it. So I organized everything, all the choreography, all the costumes, everything. And the other girl (laughs) got the position, which is funny, which is, you know, good life lesson sophomore year, I tried out again. I said, I'm going to do this mascot thing. I wanted to do it last year. I'm going to do it this year. So I did it. I tried out. I made it, um, was the mascot for a few years in high school. And then I went to a cheerleading summer camp, a mascot thing, um, with United Spirit Association. Um, so it was a summer camp in Santa Cruz. You went every year. Um, I met an instructor there whose name is Misty and she was my instructor and she actually, um, gave me an application to teach, um, right when I graduated from high school. So to teach for that company, to teach for the United Spirit Association. Um, So then I became an instructor. So I was teaching all the little mascots at summer camp. Um, and from there, the president of that company called me in 1997 and he left me a voicemail. This was, you know, before cell phones. So I had a little message on my (laughs) answering machine. Yes. And he said, you know, this is, you know, Michael Olmstead, the president of the uh, United Spirit Association, the Oakland A's are having a new mascot. And I think you should try out. And I was like, 
okay, well, when the president of a company calls you, you just do what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, So, so I was, gosh, I was 19 and my mom and I drove up to the Oakland Coliseum and I tried out. And um, the funny thing is Lisa is the VP of marketing for the Oakland A's. He, he, after, you know, I tried out, he called me back and he said, okay, we want to hire you. And I said, well, I don't know if I actually want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Playing a little coy. (laughs) 19-year-old kid, you know, and I'm like, I'm not really sure, you know, I might want to do something else. And he he said, well, we're going to have a meeting next, you know, tomorrow and you're going to come up to Oakland and we're going to chat about it. So I'm face to face with this VP of, of the Oakland A's and he's like, no, really, like we're hiring you. You're, you're the one. And so at that point I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did you serve as Stomper the Elephant? Yes. So I did that for four seasons. Wow. Um, yes. So, and the great thing was, is so, and I was the first girl, so when, um, so in 1997, um, that was when I started with the introduce the character and, um, what they do, major league baseball brings out all the mascots to the all-star game every year. Right. So that year it was in Cleveland. And I remember I took my mom with me, you know, cause I was real young and you could bring a guest. So I took my mom and I remember walking in and meeting all the other mascots. And they told me that they actually like they didn't want a girl to be there because they were like, well, we're not used to having a girl, you know, it was a boys club and you know, their thing. And they were like, Oh gosh, this girl. Well, so I ended up meeting them and then they actually, they liked me. Yay. Um, They kind of took me under their wing and I kind of became like a little sister to them. And so then they would actually, um, we would all invite each other out to mascot birthday parties like during the season. Okay. So I got to travel the country. Um, one of my bucket list things is like to hit all the major league baseball ballparks. And so I have a pretty good number. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I was able to perform at, um, all-star games and all these things, but under the anonymity of the anonymity of the costume. So like I got to yeah. sign autographs, I got to be famous, but not, you know, I you know, I could turn, take the head off and then walk around and nobody would know who I was. So How fun. I've always thought that being in costume like that, like a a Disney character that, you know, is the character would be really a lot of fun because no one would know, just like you said. So to know somebody that's had an experience like that, but goodness, to get to go to all those ballparks and oh yeah. What a great I love that it it just comes full circle because my boys that you know we talked about in the bio, they're seven Uh and ten, Alex and Eli they love baseball. And for me, that like warms my heart. And like, they think their mom is the coolest because they (laughs) tell their friends, do you know that my mom, you know, (laughs) so I I kind of get the cool, cool mom badge for, for that. (laughs) Yeah. So now, you know, being in the Bay area, there are two major league baseball teams. Are you an A's fan? I am a fan of both, actually. Okay, I'm nice a political fan. statement. <laughs> um, no, you know what's funny? My dad actually had the best hat. He had a hat that was split half A's and half Giants, and he thought that that was the coolest hat ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they're in different divisions, so mm-hmm. it's not like they're real competitors, except for when, you know, the the all-star part or the middle of the season, 
I can't remember what all-star yeah. break. That's yeah. when they have their, you know, competition mm -hmm. and stuff, except for that one year when there was that earthquake, right? Yeah, <laughs> <Except for> that. <laughs> yeah I bet you do. Wow. Yeah. Well, so fun to get to think about, you know, this early life experience that you had, that even you were chosen to be a teacher mm -hmm. as a freshman, you know, mm -hmm. your, your cheer coach said, you know, go over here. And then you did all the choreography and stuff. And you know, because you've listened to my podcast that I love to find out an early story, an early awareness of yourself as a leader. And I wonder, did it start there? Or was there an earlier remembrance that you have? Yeah, you know, a lot of it did um, come to fruition, I think in high school. Um, but I do remember, and this is funny, because when I was reading this question, I said, well, your earliest awareness as a leader. And I'm like, well, I've always been bossy. <laughs> Does that count? I mean, yeah, my mom, <laughs> she'll tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think she came out like taking charge and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was funny because I asked my mom about what she was thinking as I was preparing. And she actually came up with the same thing that I was thinking. Oh. And she said, well, she said, you know, at all your sleepovers and slumber parties, you were always the one in charge. Like, you know, we would have like lip sync, you know, contest in, in, you know, but I was always the manager and I was always the one in charge. Oh, <laughs> so I've just, I you know, Lisa, I just, I've never been afraid as long as I've known myself, I've never been afraid mm -hmm. to stand up and to, to take the lead. And if that means putting myself out there, then, then so be it. You know, I've, I've had the confidence to know that if I get out and I do something and I fail, oh, well, I just do it again. Mm. Um, and I, I felt that from a very young age, my mom is, we have very similar personalities. So I grew up with a strong woman, um, you know, role model in my mother. Yep. So I think, you know, I've, I've never been afraid to just, you know, if there's a job to be done, I'll, okay, I'll stand up and do it. You know, I'm ready <laughs> to go. So that's awesome. You know, this is the thing that I love about hearing these particular stories is that it's not that leadership development started early. It's that there is a recognition of this is how you're wired. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has been a benefit of having all these different stories shared is that women are starting to remember themselves. It's like, oh yeah, that was a part of me since I was a little girl. <laughs> you know, to your to your uh humorous point about being bossy, I, I, one of my favorite uh gifts that I've seen is a little girl and a little boy dressed in like 1930s garb. And they're standing outside and the boy is at a doorway and the girl is like pointing a stick at him. I'm not bossy. I have leadership skills. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yes. And, and it's honestly, you know, for women, we get these negative attributions, mm -hmm. bossy, another word that starts with a B, you know, all of these different things that in a man, those things are applauded. And, and yet what we're learning about how women lead, 
we don't have to be bossy to get people to move forward. We have to learn how to channel and orient ourselves, right? And and yet that leader's got to lead. That's a, a statement that I've heard and said many times. And so, sure, you'll stand up in front of people and, hey, let's get this going. And and you're also leading a team with your business. And, and I'm just curious, you know, as you lead them and as you're also leading yourself, because you're the business owner and, and you know, moving things forward, is there a particular tool that you find that is super helpful for leading your team, leading yourself that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one thing that has been difficult for me as a leader and having that almost like having leadership in my genes, you know, is that not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. Not, not everybody has that will and that drive and that desire to do things. And that's really hard for me as a leader. Um, and I've, I've kind of actually just come to peace with it um, in the sense that the way I lead is that I'm here and I'm available and I'm present. And if you want my help, I will bend over backwards and I will help you. But I'm not going to drag my team along. Mm. And screaming. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm over here. I'm over here. If you yeah. need my help. And so I think one of the tools that I've used, um, is really to listen. Ah. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And honestly, Lisa, I'm just going to take two seconds to tell you that you are a gift when it comes to listening skill. Mm. Like you're one of the few people I have in my life that honestly listens to understand and not to just listen and then reply back with, with what your experience is. Mm. Um, you, you sit back and you listen and you really absorb and really take in what I'm saying. And it's amazing because every time you and I have coffee and we get together, I'm always like, I got so much out of that. That Oh, great. And then you stand up and you go, Jamie, that was amazing. I got so much out of that. And I'm looking at you like, but I got it. How how did we both get, get something out of it? And that is, that's the gift. Like that's the major powerful thing to Mm -hmm. that listening and supporting and being with each other. There's no cap on that. Mm. If we, we all support each other. Like there's no ceiling that says, Oh, you know, you can't, you can be successful, but I can't, there's no, there's none of that. Like, yeah. and I think that if women get past the comparison trap, Mm, get past, you know, well, you know, Lisa's super successful. She has this podcast and, and, and I don't, well, no, she's doing her, you're doing your thing. You know, you're, you're rising and I'm going to applaud that. And I'm going to support that. And in the same token, you're going to support what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if, if women, we just stop comparing ourselves and stop that, you know, and we listen, um, I think that, you know, there's enough, there's enough for all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and first of all, thank you for those kind words, but I, I do agree that listening is such a valuable tool and not just the listening to what, you know, 
what you're saying so I can prepare what I'm going to say. I think that's such a, a good point. In fact, you know, there are classes around listening skills now because it's such a vital tool. And then that's that segue that you made into, you know, recognizing it's there's not scarcity. There's no ceiling. Like you said, we can support one another. There's abundance, but it's a mindset. Much like you were saying about leading others, right? Mm -hmm. They have to want it as just as much as you're available. Mm -hmm. They have to want it. And, and so we can't do that for people, but we can stop looking and saying, oh, they don't and I do, or they have and I don't, you know, that whole comparison trap thing is, is toxic. And, yeah. and so I'm, I'm curious when that starts to crop up in, in one of your teammates and, you know, you want to help them build their business and stuff. How, is there anything that you, um, say or do or model for them to, to help kind of tame the comparison thing? For sure. I mean, I think just listening and asking them why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, mm. I think, you know, Simon Sinek says, you know, what's your why? Yeah. I mean, and it, it always goes back to, the, they talk a lot about that at LuLaRoe. Um, and it goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. And only, you know, that, and that's unique to you. Mm -hmm. So I try to tell my teammates, you know, why, why are you doing what you're doing and what are your goals and how do we get you there? And mm -hmm. it's, and it's, it's baby steps, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you can't, I remember um, one of my mentors in the company, Amy Kara, she says, you can't compare your chapter two to someone's chapter 22. Like there you go. they've been there, you know, and she says, keep your eyes on your own two feet and just walk your own path, you know? And I, so I yeah. think, and, and it's, you know, it's interesting because the last time you and I had coffee and we were talking about leadership, um, you had said, well, you know, Jamie, you're a leader. I want you to come in and talk to, to, um, to my listeners. And, and I thought to myself, cause sometimes I actually doubt my ability to lead, mm. um, because it's not, again, I'm comparing myself to the other leaders Mm -hmm. that are in the company where they're, you know, they're up on and teaching lessons, you know, and, and they have ideas and they're doing things every single day and they're teaching and having these great big conversations with people, you know, and, and modules and learn this today and learn that. And that's not my leadership style. And right. I really like had to sit back and like, I actually kind of took my breath away when you said, well, Jamie, just because you don't lead that way doesn't mean you're not a good leader. And like, I left that conversation going, maybe I am a good leader. <laughs> <laughs> good. No, I mean, so, and, and, it, and it made me realize that in that respect, you know, I can teach my, the girls on my team and even like my kids, you don't have to fit into what you think is mm. the box you can do your own thing and still put your stamp on, I'm a leader, I'm successful, you know, that kind of thing. And 
Yeah. That was really big for me. <laughs> oh, like, yay. I'm oh. so glad. You know, I don't remember whose definition it is, and I'm going to have to do my due diligence and, and kind of, you know, find whose quote, but the idea of leaders having influence mm. and that that's, that's how you know that you're a leader is that you have influence. And so we all have circles of influence, right? You have your, your family, then you have your friend group, then, you know, the circles kind of widen out depending on what you're doing in life. And just to be able to put that on, it's like, oh, yeah, I am a leader. Because there are people in my life who listen to me, <laughs> you know, whether if your kids are listening or not, that's another story, but, you know, or the puppy. Right? Oh yeah. She's crazy. <laughs> no, but, but saying what you just said, you are a leader. If you are influential, that's mind blowing. Like I want to go back to my teammates and tell them because I, I feel like sometimes they say, well, I don't have, you know, anyone under me on the team or I don't do this and I don't do that. And so-and-so has, again, the comparison trap, yep. but if they just realize, are you influencing someone, then you're leading. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, and the other thing that I really try to encourage women to recognize is a big piece of leadership is leading yourself well that's yes you're you're passionate about your peloton well why because you have learned that that is essential for your mental health as well as your physical well-being mm -hmm. and and so you lead yourself well by making time daily for that activity yeah. that's an example and some people will say well that's just exercise and there are many who don't take those kinds of actions. So leading yourself well is caring for yourself and paying attention to needs. Well, that you start there, you can do that with other people. And, you know, these are transferable skills, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, ab absolutely. And that's, you know, it's, it's so cliche, but you know, it's the put your oxygen mask on first before oh, you help others. And this is especially hard during this time, you know, and, and I've, mm -hmm. I've learned, and I'm sure people can relate you know, I do have a at home business. And so my family is like swirling around me all day, every day. And I'm, there's one aspect of me that's like at their beck and call. Like if somebody came in the door right now, like I'd have to be on and I have to be ready to go. And I feel like, especially with the Peloton, like it's like doors closed. This is my self care time. And I feel like, you know, I have to take that. And so I think I'm giving people permission to take time for themselves because mm -hmm. if you don't, then you will feel like your time is not your own and you will feel yeah. like you are spinning out of control mm -hmm. and then you're no good to anybody, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's a, a big part of transformational leadership, which is all about learning and growing yourself and then kind of holding your hand out and saying, hey, here, here are a couple of steps that you could take. Mm -hmm. You get to choose. Just like you said earlier, hey, I'm over here. I'm available if you need me. Yeah, It's that kind of thing. You're doing it. They can see it and you're willing to help. 
those individuals, whomever they are in all of our circles of influence have to have to have that desire to yeah. grow, learn, change, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which I look at your life and I, I see the cylinders are firing in all places. Oh yeah. And, and I've known you through several seasons and it hasn't always felt that way, but here you are. And I, and I love to ask people this because back to the comparison trap, Mm -hmm. we all have an idea of what it means to thrive, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we look to others and, and say, you know, I, I want it that way instead of my own way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to help people recognize there are a variety of ways to thrive. And mm-hmm. so to that point, what's your definition of what it means to thrive? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think my definition of to thrive is to know what you want and to go after it. Mm. And say more about that. Well, I think, I think we're all unique individuals. And like I was saying before, my goals and my aspirations and how I want my life set up are different than yours are different Mm -hmm. than anyone's. So I think you need to, you know, set the table and Mm. figure out what you want and then go for it, you know, and, and once you get in the groove, continue to go for it. Um, I think that, you know, once, once you're, you know, I juggle a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so I feel like I have to juggle these things, but I have to be at peace knowing that my, the things in my life are not going to be always perfect all the time. So I'm at peace knowing that if I'm killing it in my business, maybe my kids are on the screen too much. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm in the mom department, maybe I should be selling some more skirts, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's okay. I mean, that's okay. Um, you know, but I think as if you look at things as a whole doing pretty good, you know? And so I think I'm at peace with what's happening. I feel like I have, it's funny because I wanted to say, I feel like I have control over my time, but, but I don't, but I tell myself I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thriving in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I, I've, I'm at peace knowing that right now we are all in a difficult season um, with the pandemic, um, with our relationships, trying to maintain relationships, trying to um, grow and be fruitful, you know, with our friendships and, right. you know, keep the marriage going and make sure the kids, you know, have their lives going and, and, you know, keep my wonderful clients, you know, happy and coming back to me and, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that I'm thriving in that, um, knowing that I'm doing what I want to do, um, the best I can. Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect. You know, I, I would love to, um, do a live show every day in my VIP group and sell clothes and help women every day. I would love to have women coming over every day. It's just not happening right now. And that's okay. You yeah. know, I mean, the goals I had in my business two years ago are not the goals I have now, but okay. that's, 
that's why the business is so great for me. That's why the home-based, you know, plan and LuLaRoe has worked for me because Mm -hmm. it's just a constant. And if I need more, I work more if I, you know, and so it's, it's, I feel like, but I'm in control. I get to, you know, do it, do it, do it the way I need to do it. So I just think that, that people need to figure out the buckets that they want to fill Mm. and then fill those buckets up. And if you can look out and go, okay, yep, I'm good. I got, you know, I have the, identifying the buckets is the hardest part, right? Like, you know, my, my, everybody says, oh, family and kids, that's great. But, but what else, what about your family, you know, do you want to thrive in, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I, I love what you just said about identifying your buckets, mm-hmm. the, the idea of knowing what you want and then going for it. Mm-hmm. As you said, you know, this is, this is what it means to thrive, mm-hmm. but there's that step first. It's like identifying what it is that you want to go for and, and what is really important to you. And so that gets into values work, right? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it all about money or is it also about relationships? And is it also about self-care? And, and so those, those buckets really taking the time and so many people just assume I'm going to have a business it's all about making money. And so they make that the bucket and end up shriveling up like a raisin because they have no relationships. They have no care for themselves. They burn out, you know, and it just all crashes and burns. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I love that identifying your buckets. In fact, it reminds me, um, gosh, I think it was uh, in Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that he he tells the story about rocks and sand. Are you familiar with that one? And then the, there's room for everything and you, the water and all of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's germane to what you're saying about thriving. You take care of the important things first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then the other things can fit in and you find out that there's room for something even more. But if you hadn't taken care of your priorities and you tried to put in all the other stuff, there isn't room for those important buckets. So boy, so good, Jamie. I love it. (laughs) And and I was going to say, one of the, the other things that just hit me as you were saying the different buckets is, and values is one thing that is really big in our family is community. Mm. And so I've actually, it just hit me that community actually is in most of the buckets that I have. So it's in the family where we, we have, you know, family events and family gatherings, and that's important. My kids and their education, we just moved them to a school because we wanted a community there, Mm. you know, now because we wanted that community. We wanted that village in my job, having women come in and meeting them and making friends, like the greatest thing in the world is that I have this business and yeah, I sell clothes and I make money, but I make friends. Like I'm so blessed to have you in my life because of this. I know. So fun. (laughs) Right. And so it's like the community and that's the, you know, so it determined for, if people are like, well, I don't know what my values are. I don't know what you sit down and, and think what's important to you, you know, community is important, you know, so find something that you can do 
that encompasses all of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, a, that's a huge thing for us, you know, and, and it also kind of goes into like my Enneagram where I'm, I'm the helper. I'm the, <laughs> I want to help yep. everybody. And yep. so my role in the community is, uh, do you have a problem? I'll help you. <laughs> so that's, you know, goes into my leadership style and, you know, right. you know, I don't have to know all the answers, but I'll help you find them if you need them. So yeah, so good. I, I love that you brought up the Enneagram because one of the things that I'm super passionate about is helping people see the data about themselves and, and knowing something like that, you can, you can see yourself in a, in a objective way, but in a more full way. So it's not just, Oh, I, I struggle with this. I mean, we, we know the things that are hard for us. Right. Mm -hmm. But to have an outside perspective on this is, this is who you are. This is how you show up. It's kind of like writing your bio, right? It's like, Oh yeah, look at that. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, for sure. And when we took the test, um, your listeners don't know this, but my husband and I did take the test, um, when Lisa was helping us through some things, um, my husband and I are actually the same Enneagram number. And that was eye opening to me. And I still like revert back to that when he's having, you know, a a moment or something. And I tell him, Hey babe, you know, you are wired that way. So (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) Figure out how to solve, solve, solve your issues, you know, based on how you're wired and what would best help you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's a great plug for learning yourself through a variety of assessments and the Enneagram being one of them for sure. So that you can thrive, right? We, we're always going to be in process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of years ago and now where you're at now and how your goals and that kind of thing, recognizing that you can adapt and change and be, I'm going to use air quotes in control (laughs) of, of those buckets Mm -hmm. of your priorities and, and how you show up. That is such an essential in leadership. It doesn't matter where you are leading, knowing yourself and not just your needs, but the ways that you most effectively can contribute and influence is really, really so, so powerful. Jamie, it's always a delight to get to see your face and to, you know, get to chat and encourage one another. And, and what you said earlier is so true because I get so much and inspiration and joy from being with you. And I know that the listeners are going to get, um, that enthusiasm through the airwaves as well. And the other thing I want to say, thank you for what you are offering the listeners. And I want to read it. She's offering all of you a complimentary 30-minute virtual styling consultation, along with 20% off your first purchase. So I will put in the show notes how to get connected with Jamie, both on the socials and then her website, and so that you can take advantage of this. And if you're not watching this, which I get to see her, she is dressed to the nines and is very well styled and very fun at the same time. So, you know, it's not uh, styled and stuffy. It's styled and accessible and comfortable and beautiful and all those kinds of things. So 
thank you so much for generously sharing the time and the, the puppy is sleeping and the kids didn't need you and this all yes. worked out great. So yes. this, this is amazing. Thank you for having the confidence in me to come and talk to your viewers. I mean, that was a big, that was a big boost for me. You know, what, what is this? Hey, she likes me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I do like you, but you are also an effective leader and it was fun to have people get to hear those stories and just, just not only to connect with you, but hopefully to connect within themselves and be able to see themselves as leaders and influences. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and like, subscribe, and leave a review. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but honestly, your actions on iTunes are the best way other leaders like yourself will find this podcast. I really appreciate it. I would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Let me know what you learned or what you'd like to learn next. I want to invite you to visit lisalewiscoaching.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll receive just two emails a month with tips and tools on how to further get in your life. Thanks again.